Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, everyone. Thanks for dropping by. My name is Kristen Ashley, and this is The Division, Fightful's podcast dedicated to women's wrestling. Bi-weekly, I'll be joined by a rotating pool of panelists to discuss women's wrestling news, matches, debate topics, uh, whatever we decide to pull out for that particular episode. Um, Oddly enough, this is the first episode of The Division where the panelists are all women. Uh, First, she's been on the show before, and she still remains my favorite Brit. You can read her stuff at Daily DDT and Diva Dirt. Laura Morrow, say hello. Hello. Good evening. (laughs) Uh, My second panelist is new to the show, and it's actually the first time I get to do a podcast with her. Sierra Reed. Sierra is the woman behind the uh, Ring Bells Roundup at Pro Wrestling Ponderings and Squared Circle Sirens. Sierra, say hi to the folks. Hello. <laughs> like every episode, we'll discuss a few news stories that have stood out. And this week, we're actually going to do something a tad little different for the topic since we have a different rotation of panelists than normal. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, our first news story is women's tag teams. Finally, WWE has women's tag teams. Um, you know, if, if you're like under a rock and don't know what's going on with this uh, elimination chamber, we had a women's elimination chamber, chamber match for the women's tag teams. Um, and Sasha and Bailey boss and hug connection came out as the winners. Um, first off, you know, did the right team win? Laura, do you agree with the win? Um, you know what? Yeah. The right team did win. I mean, I, I, I I've got my favorites, but in terms of, of, of who should have, you know, it's yeah. I, th- I think they made the right choice in having in having Banks and Bailey win. And what do you think, Sierra? Do you think it? I mean, do you think it should have been anyone else? I feel like there's nobody really else that they should have started it off with. But do you think somebody else should have gotten the win? Um, in terms of the long storyline that's been going on with Sasha, ba- Sasha and Bailey, I feel like the right team won. Honestly, I they had some great teams in there, but. For me, it was just like, it's a no-brainer. Why not those two? Be the first ones to herald those championships back into, like, existence. Right. And I feel like they're very strong enough as, you know, competitors that, because the, the plan is brand floating. Um, there was a spoiler for NXT that was released. Um, spoiler alert, everybody, if you don't want to hear this, that uh, Bailey and Sasha has showed up to the NXT taping to say that it is going to be brand floating. So any tag team in uh, NXT, Raw, or SmackDown can challenge them for the title. So, I mean, it's going to be, I, I think if they're looking for opponents that are very strong enough that can handle everybody and that maybe have worked with everybody, I'm not sure. Um, 
that that's probably the right team to go with. Plus, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like Bailey has been nowhere. Um, Sasha has been in and out, but they haven't been utilized properly. So really else who, who would you pick at this point? Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the match itself? I know like for me personally, I really, really thought Sonia and Mandy did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I know. No, I totally agree with you. I think um, this, this is why I'm a little bit conflicted because I think it makes a lot of sense for Sasha and Bailey to, to be the winners. You know, they've got the, this kind of the history that, that behind them and the history of kind of raising the women's division to where it is now. But in terms of pure performance, I think Sonia and Mandy just absolutely knocked the socks off of everybody. I think they had the strongest showing that they've, they've had so far in WWE and they really, really impressed me. So from a, a pure kind of performance point of view, they would have been my choice. Yeah. Sierra, was there a team that stood out for you? For To be honest with you, I agree with you guys with Sonia and Mandy and it kind of goes back with them like I think in terms of like they're still kind of like a new to team to everyone that you didn't expect them to perform as well as you know as they did and when you think about how they were brought up to the main roster by Paige as her team you know as the absolution to the revolution and evolution and to see them be that good against you know two of the women that are usually heralded as the you know, kickstarters of this revolution when Paige was really the one that kind of helped ushered in that movement. It it was kind of like, wow, like, this is a moment right here. And none of us really realize it. Like, you know, if it wasn't for you guys coming first, we probably wouldn't had that good performance out of them. They probably would just been just any other girls on roster. And I mean, the other teams did good in the match, but it was just like, I was not expecting those two to be the ones for me that was just like, wow, this is different. And I had to sit there for a minute. was just like, you know, if they get it first, I would not be mad about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in a weird way, and I, I, I say this kind of very tentatively, but Paige being injured and having to retire, at, you know, such an unfortunate young age was kind of good for Mandy and Sonia in that they had to kind of strike out on their own. And I think, Having to do that has made them much, much stronger as a tag team. And you can sort of see that they've they've become a really cohesive unit. And apart from the Iconics, I think they're probably the only tag team on the roster right now that functions so well as a pair because they've had to function as a pair all this time. They've kind of been forced into that, you know, out of the stable, into the tag team. And they've had to kind of have this back and forth dynamic. And, it's, and clearly, you know, from the Elimination Chamber match, you can see that that's worked for them. And they've kind of, I think having a real-life friendship is helpful too, but they've they've got this real coherence and cohesion in the ring that a lot of the other tag teams don't have yet. Right. And and that was, you know, when they were building up to the match, all the promos they were cutting, it was very clear which teams had been working with each other for a long time and were friends outside the ring and which Carmel and Naomi had no real history of working together. And I think, you know, those teams stood out the most in Elimination Chamber were those that, like, had been working forever. And, you know, even, even Liv and Sarah, we're doing extremely well. And I think we, we're just so used to having them sort of sit in the back and that we're not, they're not given enough spotlight to do what they, you know, what they should do. You know, they're not given enough wrestling time. They're always put in squash matches that when they actually get to wrestle, we're all surprised. Like, oh, hey, turns out they can wrestle. And, yeah. and it, it's awesome that they're doing the tag team division because now it gives those women who were 
pretty much based solely on a, a stable or a tag team, it gives them now the chance to show that. And I think that really stood out in the match itself. Um, you know, do we agree with brand floating? I personally love it. I think it gives the NXT women a chance to fight for that. And then, you know, I'm always sort of, I'm always sort of looking at the landscape and how they're going to build for the four horsewomen. That's always in the back of my mind. And I think it, besides shaking up superstars or eliminating brands, that this would be a perfect opportunity to do so. Do you guys agree with the brand floating? Sarah? Uh, I mean, yeah. Or Laura, whoever. <laughs> whoever. <laughs> so I just, I just dive in, you know, not just this, my time now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I think, I actually think, yeah, I think the bland floating, bland floating, the brand floating is a really good idea. And I think part of my worry about the tag teams when they announced it was, are the women going to get enough time? Because they already have a, a, a real kind of time deficit compared to the men. You know, you get like one women's match, that's the title match, and the other women uh, get a look in every very, very rarely. So I kind of thought, are they going to have enough time for the tag team, for women's tag titles? And by I think by sharing it across brands, um, they kind of carve a niche of time because you haven't got to compete quite so much with everybody else on that brand. And I love that it's going to go to NXT as well, partly because I think it's really beneficial for the women in NXT, particularly the ones who don't have so much indie experience, to to have this chance to wrestle with women who are really experienced, who have got main roster experience, um, and, and to have that interaction. Um, but also, I just really want to see the Sky Pirates go for the titles. So, <laughs> and what about you? Sarah? I was go, sorry. Go ahead. I was honestly, it's okay. I was honestly against the tag team titles from the very beginning when people first started petitioning for this to happen. And I mean, it's been for years because, you know, it was just so many women on the roster and we all say it all the time. Like we only see the same three, four women every week, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was so worried about them going for the tag team titles and not, you know, giving women those dedicated time for those titles not alone just the singles titles but the fact that being like hey we have these other titles too we need to promote because I remember watching you know Impact Wrestling and when they brought in the Knockouts Tag Team Championship and sitting there and being like wow a tag team match took two minutes wow that's really just amazing how that happened here you know and just being so aggravated about that because then the next match will be the knockouts championship match and that will be three minutes and I'm like oh my god five minutes five freaking (laughs) minutes for all these women and so when they made it a reality and I was just like if they're gonna really do this they've got to one find a dedicated time because we all know with women in wrestling especially on televised broadcasts that you know one week they'll have 15 minutes for a match the next week it gets smaller and smaller and smaller you know depending on who's in the match and I said well if they're going to do these titles why not let it flip to each brand I was thinking that I was thinking crazy because I said it's no way they're going to do that but now knowing that they're going to let them float that to me is really genius because one it gives those titles more prestige and more like authenticity that this is important. And I feel like this is a good way to give Sasha Banks and Bailey something more to kind of like rejuvenate their careers in a way. Cause yeah, they've both been great in the ring and we've known that on the roster, especially Sasha Banks, but it's like in the past what two, three years, 
it's kind of like, yeah, they're good and they're on the roster, just like other women, but they haven't really gotten anything to like run with the ball. And now they're going to NXT. And I mean, you've got plenty of match possibilities down there with women that are practically already tag teams. And I'm just excited to see, you know, the the possible takeover matches. And, you know, even if the matches happen on SmackDown or Raw, it's just you've got so much to play with that you kind of have endless possibilities. Right. And I... I think it's also a good way of getting NXT women on maybe regular pay-per-views too as well. You know, I mean, NXT takeovers are <laughs> notoriously better usually mm-hmm. than, than the main roster, but you know, that also does give them the chance as wrestlers to be on that main stage and how huge is that? And I agree like there, you know, I was so for instance, for a while, right. I had asked David McLean in a conference call if they had plans on adding any, other titles besides the world championship and his answer was well probably tag teams in the future but right now no because they didn't want to and same thing with brandy Rhodes with aew they didn't want to flood down the the roster with too many championships because a it's taking time away from women and b it's Mm -hmm. also making the championships not important enough you know, they want the championship to be the championship to go after. And it also then becomes a status symbol and it gives all the women that motivation to really go for it. And so I agree. I think it, you know, it, it can backslide because this is WWE and it can turn out to be not great. But I think the brand floating does create this field of opportunity for everybody and then let's say, you know, they're planning out the week and they say, well, we don't really have time on Raw and SmackDown, but we have this time slot on NXT. So then they are making sure that women are getting TV time because there's three now slots where they can place them. And that's amazing, too. Um, you know, and you kind of touched on it, Sierra, but ideal opponents, you know, like obviously Kyrie and EO are really ideal opponents. You have you know, the four horsewomen starting to form in NXT without Ronda, you know, we got that stable going and they're destroying the roster right now. But what other opponents do you think would be ideal for Bailey and Sasha to fight against for this? I mean, what, what matches are we looking forward to the most? Laura, what would you like to see? What I'd love to see is, uh, uh, Dakota Kai and uh, Tegan Knox, but obviously this obviously depends on when Tegan Knox comes back from injury. But that's that's a tag team I would I would I would die to see in in a tag team <laughs> in a tag team match for the titles. Um, I, in a really selfish way, I'm really glad that we've got the tag titles because one thing that WWE does really really badly, in my opinion, is female uh, is female relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, women are always fighting. There's always competition, and it's always very stereotypical kind of bitchiness and mean girl stuff. So. I, I kind of hope this will... I mean, okay, WWE not great for friendship in general, to be fair, because, you know, tag teams are always stabbing each other in the back and that. But I kind of hope that this is a chance. So remember when Bailey and Sasha first kind of uh, kind of became a team almost, and then it was just all about them uh, bitching and backstabbing each other, and then they went to therapy one week, and it was really weird. And um, I hope that this means this is going to be going in a different direction. This is going to be about female friendships because... Um, and also being across brands gives women a chance to interact with women that they wouldn't otherwise interact with and maybe form friendships with them. I just I just want this to be a positive for 
uh, for, for the way that the female wrestlers interact, they're not just constantly at each other's throats in a mean girl kind of sense, right. you know? Right. And, and on top of that, too, with, you know, I think half of us were so surprised that Mandy Rose did so well in the match because we've been giving this BS storyline with her and Naomi. And yeah, they touched on it a little bit, but they actually got to fight each other. And uh, it created a good storyline in ring. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, now we're now we're not seeing that BS storyline, yeah. at least not as heavy anymore. They're they're tearing Mandy away from that and letting her actually compete. And so this this is creating not only better relationships, but then athletes. We're getting to see them wrestle more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the that's the key, isn't it? Also, with the NXT takeovers, like NXT takeovers, you're right. Quality is undeniable, but there's a small problem with it in that. Uh, there's only ever one women's match on a takeover. So I kind of hope that this means that we'll get more than one women's match on a takeover because that would be, that would just elevate to the next level. Right. Sierra, who would you like to see them fight against? Who is your dream match? I mean, I have my, the obvious two teams, Four Horse Women and, you know, Io and Kyrie, because, you know, I've been with Io and Kyrie since day one for yeah. years in Japan. And seeing those two together, I start crying because I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> You know, because yeah. it's just it just pulls on my heartstrings. Of course, the four horse women, because of the obvious, we all want to see that freaking clash between the four horse women stables. And and honestly, with the current storyline, they got going on with the four horse women, where they're like just beating up everyone, taking basically control over NXT. Why not have the two women that helped built the house that is NXT? <laughs> come back and salvage that and yeah. in a place like uh, th- all they need is one segment where Sasha and Bailey sh- show up in the ring and just interrupt their carnage and there's takeover match and you can keep having this match over and over have them rotate opponents like or have you know Shayna Baszler who probably won't be in the match the first beginning just keep interrupting getting involved in it and then eventually you know, you never know when Rada decides to actually depart and come back. Then they can really go for it. I mean, this storyline can really build itself if they take time with it. But there's so many women at NXT, I would love to see them go against. I would love to see me um, involved in it. But it depends on who they will partner up with because there's so many women. Um, I would love to see Dakota Kai get in there. I love Dakota Kai. I just wish we got to see more of her, you know. Right. Uh, and plus, what when I think about it, like takeovers, I would like to see them have more than one match on takeover. But for me, if there was ever a time when they got to a takeover and the tag team titles got to be the main women's match on the card over the singles belt, depending on which storyline is bigger or more stronger, I wouldn't be against that. Because you never know, like what's the important more important because you know the singles title the nxt women's title it's kind of taken a step back in regards to what's going on and it's just so many things with nxt you got nxt uk you got the nxt uk women's championship and you got so many women being brought in that it's kind of like you you're trying to focus but there's just so many things and then you have the may young classic and I'm kind of wondering, you know, the Mae Young Classic is usually like a singles tournament. Now we have these titles. How does that factor into it? Would they even think about bringing more tag teams into the Mae Young Classic and then eventually, you know, 
hey, have Sasha and Bailey come out there and t- challenge someone. Like, there's so many things they can do with the belts. It's mm-hmm. just if they really want to go that far. Right. And then my, I mean, my biggest question, to be honest, is how, will NXT UK play a part in this at all? Um, because there's, I mean, there's talent that's sitting on their hands over there as well. And I, you know, I know there's the whole, okay, well, they have to fly them in and out, but they do the same thing with the NXT. You know, they, there's often NXT talent that will show up to the UK brand and vice versa. So why not let them be a part of it? You know, once in a while, while not, you know, scour the British wrestling scene, because I know that there are fantastic tag teams out there um, and let them take part in it. That that would be my biggest question. I mean, Laura knows more about British wrestling than I will ever know. But I mean, do you think that there's a market for it, Laura? Oh hell yeah, definitely. I mean, Price and Eve have have just uh, announced the they're bringing in women's tag belts so there's definitely uh there's definitely a hunger for it and you're right about nxt uk because of course um mustache mountain have have uh have, have gone between brands and they've even held the nxt tag team titles so you know if, if, if there's a precedent for the men then why not for the women as you mm-hmm. point out there's who aren't really doing an awful lot this could be a really good time to bring in people like charlie morgan to bring in people like millie mckenzie who haven't done an awful lot um and, and and utilize them in a different way. I don't. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Also, it's very good for British wrestling and good for NXT UK to introduce them to the to the American crowd and have the mix in that way. It's it's good for both brands. Right. And I think of like pro. And we talk about Eve. I think about Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie. I mean, how many times are they with each other? You know, um, fighting and tag team situations. So I I'd be interested to see if that ever happens. I think it probably will. I think I think it'll probably will leak over. Probably not right away. Because there's certainly enough teams as it is without adding another brand. But I think it would be um, interesting to see if they ever do. Um, But we'll we'll move on to the next news story. This one's not as fun. (laughs) So the the next news story kind of encompasses all of the issues that have been going on in uh, mainstream wrestling news lately. Which I like to call tabloids in the news. So you know, where TMZ sort of dips into um, into actual news. <laughs> so, you know, for instance, the Carmela and Graves story, it, it was first announced that Graves was cheating on his wife and, and dating Carmela, and then it came out that they had been separated for a while. Okay, so that's not even news anymore. And then the Naomi and Uso thing. You know, Naomi was, I believe, like driving down the wrong the wrong way on a road and got pulled over and then that turned into well Naomi and Uso are trying to quit or they're going to get fired or they're getting punished at the you know elimination chamber match because they were bringing bad spotlight and I I worry that this gossip is not first off it's not news and second that it's causing more harm to women's wrestling than it is helping um so first off, on those two news stories I mentioned, what are your thoughts? Just real briefly, because I don't want to go too deep into the actual story. But as far as like gossip versus news, what are your thoughts on that, Sierra? Um, nowadays, when you first log on to Twitter, it doesn't matter what verse of Twitter you're in, whether it's sports Twitter, wrestling Twitter, or just I'm on there to see what the celebrities are doing Twitter. The first thing you see is all the gossip. And that day when I logged on, 
I seen Carmella trending and Corey Graves trending, and I had no idea what the heck was going on. First thing I'm thinking is like they got released because you know usually when that happens, people are released. Not thinking it was going to be these allegations and just you know and coming across a lot of slut shaming and just you know disgusting you know responses from people but at this point in my life I'm kind of used to that behavior from grown men grown women and just people in general and you know I've wrote about this a million times but it was just like what bothered me the most is that people were just taking this and running with this and making light of a situation and what if what everybody is thinking is going on is not actually going on and no one's realizing the damage that it can have not just towards Corey Gray's or, or his family but against Carmela also you know no one thought about all of these people involved like okay if Corey Gray's wants to step out of his side his marriage okay that's his fault that's his responsibility you know he has to deal with it and then of course his family's going to deal with that because whatever he chooses to do is going to fall on them but what if she's not even involved in that situation and she's completely innocent and everybody's just slinging mud at her it made me really cringe and think about about maybe 10 years ago when you log on to wrestling dirt sheets and it would be like kelly kelly's dating batista and how everybody would just sling mud at her and be like, oh, my God, she's dating everyone in the company. And it was just like no one thought about like, hey, she's like 22. She's allowed to have a healthy dating life. What is wrong with dating different people? You're, it's none of your business. It's her personal business. Why do you care? And nowadays we just gotten to the point where everybody blurs the lines and feel like they have to be informed of what people are doing, what people are making choices in their lives, how it affects them, not the person personally. And sometimes it gets taken way too far. And it just bothered me when it came to Carmela because I kept thinking, man, I don't know what kind of hit space she's in with all of this. And it's the same thing with Naomi and her husband. Like, yeah, what they did was kind of crappy or whatever without getting into that story but it's just that seeing that all on social media and stuff like that like you don't know how that affects people at the end of the day because it can have a bigger impact on their jobs and their reality than what we think just tweeting out 140 characters right yeah and you know it also is like okay so I don't even remember who broke this to be honest and I don't really care but whoever did it didn't actually do any research you know like had they called somebody had they done enough digging then it would have been it would have came to light that hey he's separated from his wife and then okay so then that's no longer a new story now you're just spreading out dirty laundry and it you know the effects now are that Carmela who is really our main concern here at at least in this podcast is is getting run through the mud for nothing for dating somebody basically um and it also is very sad because now it brings the issues with the wife to light too you know now there's some problems that are being brought to light and those are you have to be sensitive to those mental issues and, and whatnot and so 
And now it's just really a sad story that somebody thought was news and it isn't. And they're releasing messages from each other. And it's just, it's extremely sad. And I, I know that there's this sense of like entertainment. It's an entertainment company, but it's not a reality show. These are people's real life that you're dealing with. And, um, and it just makes me sad. And, you know, Laura, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that this is, I mean, do you think it's healthy? Do you, I mean, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Um, I think so. I think there's two uh, issues at play here. And the first thing is unethical journalism, because yeah. it feels like we kind of exist in a time where people are trying to be the first to get a story, regardless of whether there's any real basis for the story. They just heard something. So it's not a case of, oh, maybe I should look into this property. Maybe I should, you know, make sure that the story I'm telling is correct, that it's, it's you know, I've got my facts straight, that, I, you know, I'm not harming anybody by putting this news out there. No, it's all about, yeah, but I got there first. My story's there first. And that seems to be the primary concern of too many journalists at the moment, particularly with Twitter and this kind of instantaneous um, news feed that we've got. I was there first. I broke the story. Yeah, but there isn't a story to break. You're wrong. You know, actually what you've done, as you said, is is just dive in and expose someone's dirty laundry, which is not news. You know, it's it's mudslinging. It's it's pathetic, to be quite honest. It's it's like, you know, listening in on your neighbours having an argument and then and then, you know, putting it through everyone's letterbox in town it's you know it's it's gossip um and the second thing is that i kind of wonder if um wrestling in a weird way kind of fans i wouldn't say encourages but fans the flames of this because it's the kind of thing that you might see utilized in a storyline whether it be on a total diva storyline or um, look, just look at the way that um, WWE have just done this this bizarre sort of Jimmy Uso, Mandy Rose kind of storyline that's come up. It's that kind of very personal. And okay, that's that's not based on real life, but they have done this in the past, you know. And I'm thinking here of Lita, Matt Hardy, and Edge, um, and the way that of all three participants in that situation, Lita was the one who was dragged through the mud the most. She suffered the most from that. Um, Matt Hardy was temporarily fired. He was brought back. Um, he rebuilt himself actually on that on the on this storyline it became hugely popular in the end you know uh, and, and i'm not saying he didn't suffer the guy clearly did but um edge you know edge's career didn't suffer from it he became rated our superstar you know he out of all of them lita was the one who and she said this before she's gone on record and say this how difficult it was for her to be painted as a villain in this scenario and it's you know you're looking at a, a private situation between consenting adults and yeah it sucks it's not great behavior but at the same time, it's not it's not news. It's not a storyline. It's it's just something that adults are doing behind closed doors. You know, people are people should be allowed to fuck up uh, and fuck up in private. I think is it's kind of the crux of it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a fuck up is not a news story, right. especially not when it's personal. Um, and yeah, I think I I really think that you know, and I say this as someone who writes about wrestling, it's it's incumbent on us as people who break news about wrestling to, to think really hard about our responsibilities and think really hard about this tiny little in putting these stories out into the world and the effect that they're going to have long-term because I mean, Carmela, um, I know she deleted her Instagram and I know she came back, but that's indicative of something that's affected her quite severely. If she's had to take us off social media for however long right. time. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's gossip is not news. And I think, we need to be responsible goddamn adults about it at this point you know yeah I've, when it comes to 
when it comes to writing, I've always, as long as I've been covering women's wrestling, never covered those gossip stories. I stayed away from them because it's just a respect factor. Right. You know, would you want your own dirty laundry out there? Of course not. Is anybody else's business to know if you're using Tide or Game? No, it's not. Like, it's my own personal thing. And it's always rubbed me wrong when I see other websites, other reporters, anyone in general putting it out there. And it's, I don't know what it is. It's like, soon as you're on wrestling Twitter or any social media platform, when it comes to a wrestler and you find out that a female wrestler is dating somebody, it's like, that's the biggest news of the day. And everybody wants to just trash that woman for just, you know, doing what people do all the time, date different people. And when it's a guy, everybody just lets it exist, whatever. doesn't matter if he's married or whatever. No one cares. No one questions the guys. But when it comes to the women, it's from the moment you find out, it's you have to zero in on them, point it out, keep bringing this and that up. And just it's how society is run. You know, women, we always are pinpointed for what we do what choices we make and you know it makes me think about years ago when I wrote about Nikki Bella and her whole relationship with John Cena when she became like number one on the PWI female top 50 and I wrote in there and made people understand regardless of who she's dating currently that's none of our business this woman's worked hard she's on television every night she's traveling on the road every day even you know broke her neck and everything and we're sitting here saying that her all of her achievements are only matter because of who she's dating. Like, that is a complete slap in the face. And people do not seem to get that. Like, imagine if somebody said that to you, that you've only got all of this because of somebody else. And as wrestling fans, I see a lot of fans do that all the time. They It doesn't matter who it is. And that behavior and attitude needs to stop as fans. And we need to hold these writers that do this stuff more accountable instead of just me yelling about this or Kristen yelling about this or Laura yelling about this. Like we really need to hold people way more accountable and not let this type of stuff fly often. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one reason why, I mean, one of many reasons why I still stick with Fightful because they're very clear on, you know, the, their obligations as a news source versus morally, you know, not bowing down to that sort of thing. And I'll be honest, I'll be completely honest. Diva Dirt did post an article originally um, when the Graves and Carmella thing broke. And I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But I also will say that I, I was against it. I did not want it to go up, but I am not the final say in that. <laughs> I don't want to don't want to trash people, but that's that I just want that to make that very clear that I did not think it was news. Um, and we had updated it, so it wasn't just sitting out there without being updated. And there is an editorial in, in progress for that as well. But you know, it's it's not news. And and then the question is not just how does it hurt Carmella, how does it hurt Naomi, but how does it hurt women's wrestling? I mean, it's like we're moving backwards every time one of those articles gets posted somehow. It really, it, it really is. It's like, it's like an episode of Total Divas, but just blanketed across everybody who's not even on the show. Um, it now becomes like, oh, did you hear so-and-so said so-and-so about so-and-so? And who cares? You know, it, we're supposed to be the women's evolution. We're supposed to be moving forward. 
who cares who who is dating? If it doesn't affect their job, if there's not some sort of industry angle to it, what does it matter? Do you guys think that this is hurting women's wrestling as a whole, this sort of news? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it um, it kind of like like uh, like Sarah was saying, it kind of harks back to that kind of uh, expectation that we've got of women in powerful positions or women who are successful. That the only reason that they're successful is because of the men around them. And that extends to the really pernicious myth of women sleeping with men uh, to gain Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details power or to gain success and that's an accusation that i know has been leveled at some women i'm sure alexa bliss had that accusation leveled her uh, at least once um the idea that you can't be successful unless um unless you're sleeping with somebody or unless you're sexually attracted to somebody and it's this is this is this is like pre-diva's era bullshit this is attitude era bullshit this is um you know oh miss kitty's successful because she's married to jerry king lawler kind of levels of bullshit it's um and it does. It delegitimizes women's wrestling, and it, 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 this doesn't happen to the guys. You know, this this is not. Who, who cares when when a guy is dating a, some random woman, or you know, it, it's only when women, when female wrestlers are dating people that's like, ooh, isn't this interesting? Isn't this scandalous? She's dating uh, somebody. It's it's it it reduces women to kind of gossip column, um, and, and they're not being respected as athletes at this point. You know, if women, what we're interested in is who women are dating what women are doing, who they're bitching about, who they're sleeping with, who they, you know, what relationships they've got, what relationships they're having. Why are we interested in that? Why aren't we interested in what they're achieving? Why aren't we interested in what they're doing in the ring? Why aren't we interested in what they're doing in the friendships they're building, in the stuff they're doing outside? You know, Titus O'Neil gets his charity work talked about. Sami Zayn gets his charity work talked about. All of that is wonderful. It's great. Why aren't we seeing this with the women? Why is it more interesting who they're dating? Right. It's when it comes to women's wrestling in general, this stuff hurts it. It's the same thing with any type of movement. We, you know, nowadays we really have like a strong feminist movement and there'd be times when things like this comes about and it's just like, okay, we're going to let this one little thing that one woman is choosing to do with her life, just derail a whole movement, its purpose and what we're trying to accomplish. It happens all the time. It hurts women's wrestling more than people actually realize it like you've got those fans that say they're for women's wrestling but will partake in that behavior of slut shaming and you know helping to spread gossip and it's like do you not understand what you're doing like you're helping to create and helping to push this behavior that's been going on for ages and I'm talking about when Mildred Burke was sitting in offices trying to get women's wrestling legalized trying 
to be seen as the legitimate world's women's champion and having all these men sit in a room and just be like, no, we don't want you. We don't want it. It, That woman lived through all that for years. And to sit here and still see people easily dismiss it because of who somebody's dating or, or how someone looks, that's the one that gets me how someone looks like, wow, like somebody's not supposed to look a certain way or, live up to your standards we dismiss a lot of things when it comes to women and women's wrestling and it hurts the movement all together regardless of what you prefer or if you're one of those people that's like I like real women's wrestling I still haven't figured that out in the 10 years I've been writing it you know what is real women's wrestling I'm still trying to find that out you know we're, we're all hurting it all together it doesn't matter if you like divas doesn't matter if you don't like divas it doesn't matter if you like watching Joshi, if you don't like watching Joshi. When you put out those negative mindsets, you're helping to build more and you're helping to kill this thing a lot of us love and are fighting for. And a lot of people don't look at it like that. And this gossip stuff really makes it 10 times worse because we're getting back in those behaviors of where we want to just focus on the gossip and not what's really important in that hand and that's building up women's wrestling and giving it a better reputation overall right and this i mean this is a great segue then into our our third news story um which is you know china's hall of fame um induction and i mean talk about gossip and and you know that kind of stuff affecting somebody's career i mean this is the perfect example how people looked at China's personal life and um, how it affected what she accomplished for women's wrestling and all that she had done. Um, The controversy is that she was, you know, kind of a mess on some reality shows. She had some porn involvement after retiring. And then her, her death was sort of shrouded in some weird, I mean, it was like back and forth on the causes. And so then there was, that issue and they you know wwe had a real problem uh acknowledging her and um talking you know recognizing all that she had done because i think they were afraid of some bad pr and it affected her now now she's being inducted with the generation x um which has got its whole other issues there's fans that are very split on both sides of whether or not she should be inducted at all first off but with them as well um, you know, I, I hope down the road that they do induct her singly instead of as a part of a stable, but I'm just happy to see that they are at all. I mean, Laura, do you think that her past life had prevented WWE from considering her for induction? If it has, then that's a load of crap, to be honest. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> argument, the argument falls apart the minute that you realize that X-Pac's part in that adult video is just as easily googled as china's part and that was the whole kind of oh but if they google if kids google china they'll find her adult video history yeah well the kids are going to google x park and they're going to find the same thing but he's on he, he can come back all the time you know i'm not right. saying that's wrong it's you know x park it's just just as, as much of a right as china but if that is their reasoning that is false reasoning it's patently false um yeah china yeah she china was a mess towards the end you know but I will, I will die on the hill that China is one of the most important women um, in, in, in modern women's wrestling. You know, I will, I will gladly die on that hill because she, she broke down so many barriers. You know, she was 
allowed to wrestle men and was considered legitimate competition you know she she did so much to to change women's wrestling and to change people's attitudes towards women in the ring and if you, that's going to be allowed to be derailed by a few adult videos when let's remember um it was common practice at one point for wwe to send all its female performers for playboy shoots yes. so i guess they only like adult stuff when it's the wwe sanctioned adult stuff right <laughs> um it's just that you know the whole reasoning is it's sick and sad and you know i i'm i'm gutted that china is being inducted as part of a stable but at the same time just relieved that she will be there because she deserves to be there possibly more than more than a, a lot of people who are in there already and frankly if we're going to use people's personal lives as a reason to keep them out then why the hell is Alton warrior in there after some of the stuff that he said you know right. men, men are allowed a, a much a much wider remit on, on on messed up stuff that they've done than women are you know it's, give china her due she earned it right and then you think of like isn't like Kid Rock inducted? I, I don't know who's all inducted as far as like not wrestlers, but they're willing to induct not wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, what they I, I would like to see the guidelines. <laughs> I'd like to see what kind of guidelines they have for this. Like, is it like a lifetime achievement kind of thing, or is it just like whoever is popular? I mean, I'd really like to see do they have a checklist? Or as a committee, they just sit together and go, who should we do this year? Who would be the best fit? And I, you know, it, I, you know, if it's like a lifetime achievement award, you know, you have to think about their achievements as a whole. And so I can understand in some ways if they were concerned about it. But you're right. It's not blanket to cross. I mean, they're not doing that for everybody. Because I feel like if they said, well, you did some inappropriate stuff in your personal life, half of the people in there would not be in there. Exactly. So, it, yeah, so it becomes, you know, okay, where do we draw the line? You know, Sierra, what do you think? Do you think that their personal endeavors should have anything to do with whether or not they're inducted? I, I definitely do think that your personal endeavors should be the biggest merit on if you should be inducted or not. And if you really want to sit back and think about it, think about, you know, there are some men and some women, more so women in cases where they've sat back and not inducted certain people for years like you know macho man randy savage for years it was all these multiple rumors you have you know why is he not being inducted what is the problem you know we've heard some horrible stories you know but it basically came down to just personal issues that somebody else within the company had against somebody and it's the same thing with alundra bryce like i've known medusa for years i've gotten to know her and you know it, when you sit back and listen to her story about just when she decided to lead the company, she wasn't getting paid properly. They weren't doing anything with her with the title. They didn't want to bring in opponents because that was during the time when they were, you know, releasing a lot of people, cost measures and stuff like that. So you, you can't blame a woman being like, you know, what, I'm going to go to this company that's actually going to pay me and actually probably use me more. And to see how long they held that, that grudge, you know against her for just you know wanting better for her situation in china's case it's i don't accept this induction everybody else can and be happy for that she's going to be included in this but my problem is how are we going to lump in and include her in with a group of men that she one said on when she did that podcast with vince russo years ago right before death that she had no personal contact with 
all of them ostracized her way before she even got fired from the company and acted like she didn't even freaking exist. And we're going to lump her in. And mind you, she did some of the biggest things known to wrestling and completely was the biggest star in this scenario. Like, yeah, Triple H became a big star later on. But honestly, I remember growing up in that time and getting magazines with China on the cover. She crossed over into mainstream and was, you know, the ninth wonder of the world. And you mean to tell me the ninth wonder of the world, the first woman to win the Intercontinental Championship, first woman to enter the Royal Rumble, you know, and then she went back and won the Women's Championship because they didn't know what to do with her and they didn't want to push her towards the world title. This woman did a lot of firsts and broke barriers and made little girls like me realize that, hey, if the boys say you can't play football with them, F them. You're going to play football with them and they're going to have to get the freak over it. (laughs) And you're telling me that I, who in the sixth grade did a book report on her (laughs) in front of like an English class that was full of like mainly guys. And I stood there and defended her regardless of any, what anyone said. You're telling me that I'm supposed to just accept this because she was a member in this group and I'm sitting up watching Raw's video package of her where she looked like a freaking standby, a valet that was just there, didn't have no importance to the group. Like, I don't want to watch the Hall of Fame induction. I don't want to hear the speech because I have a feeling they're gonna there's gonna be one point. Triple H is gonna be like, Yeah, shout out to Joni and all the contributions she had to women's wrestling. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Because it's going to make me angry and it's going to make me jump through the screen and strangle Triple H because I have not forgot what really kickstarted my anger towards him a few years ago is when he did that podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Stone Cold brought up the fact about fans asking why isn't China being inducted into Hall of Fame? Will she ever? And the first thing he brought up was the fact that any young kids that are watching the WWE product can easily google her name and see the terrible things she's done since being fired okay fine right we Mm -hmm. don't want kids coming across it great but my issue was and i wrote about it that time with article is if you're gonna sit up and point out that hey she posed from playboy multiple times she did pornographic videos okay maybe she shouldn't have went that far but dude when you guys fired her she lost every freaking thing she had to do extreme measures to gain some type of stability for herself none of you guys thought about that and to see her podcast that she did with vince russo and mind you i stayed away from china during that time because it was just like every time i turned around it was something else crazy going on right and see the sincerity in her and explaining her story about how everything fell apart once she got fired and how everyone ostracized her, didn't deal with her. I felt that woman's pain and it really made me like, wow, this is now I understand why she was on all these reality shows. Now I understand why she was doing all this stuff. She was trying to salvage herself and try to yeah. still present this knife wondered world, but she couldn't because she was hurting so bad and no one cared and now with this induction i'm just like none of just lumped her in with dx is not going to fix all of that 
You can't. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't for China, we wouldn't have Beth Phoenix in the Royal Rumble. We wouldn't have Nia Jax. Wouldn't have Karma. You wouldn't have any of the things that we're having right now without China pushing the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then she pushed the bar without DX as well. I think that's something yes. really important. All the things that she achieved, she achieved outside of DX. She achieved on her own. Yeah, and it, it makes me sad because, you know, you see her mom going to social media and posting about how Joni needs to be in the Hall of Fame and please, 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 WWE. And it feels almost like they just were like, let's shut everybody up. You know, like, let's, let's bend a little bit and induct her, but maybe not give her, like... A, a single push in that manner like let's just lump her in like we're, we're still giving you what you want but we're not uh admitting how important she was and you're right on the the aspect of reality tv show and how that really is for a lot of people i mean that's why you see a lot of stars that are older and haven't been around in a while on these reality tv shows because they need that they need to rebuild themselves they need that sort of you know it's like building your self-esteem and that's how they do it for themselves. And it's terrible when people shame them. Just like when you hear these stories of, Oh, I saw this old, you know, TV actor out in the mall and we got into a fight. It, it's so shameful because I, I just, I hate that. Like leave them alone. You know, they're doing the best they can for themselves. Uh, you know, give them some sort of sense of pride because they are putting themselves out there in a very very strong moment of weakness you know I mean she got fired she's at her most vulnerable state and she's willing to put herself on tv I mean why would you shame somebody for that like she's really working hard and she had problems you know there, there were issues at hand and to like make light of that and then to not celebrate all the good that she did bring because of it that's I mean that's like if you were to go into work and you've been working there for 15 years and you've been doing all this good stuff for people, but you maybe had like a little bit of a mental breakdown once and they fire you and then they go publicly and bash you because you had a mental breakdown and don't even mention all the good stuff that you did for the company for 15 years or however long. I mean, that's, it's sad because <laughs> she really was the reason, I mean, I, the reason I think intergender wrestling really made it a mainstay on televised wrestling you know i mean she was it she is it and you okay. still see people being compared to her in other promotions and wow they have the beast and she's constantly being compared to china i mean that's how important china is to women's wrestling it's very sad and mm -hmm. i hope for triple h's sake that he does not give some weird second thought shout out to joni because i don't want to bail sierra out of jail i don't have the money <laughs> And I don't want to put any house up <laughs> to, to get her out of jail because I would because Sierra doesn't belong in jail. So hopefully <laughs> for Triple H, that doesn't happen, please. Um, but, you know, let's let's bring it around and let's talk about something a little more positive. This show is turning out to be amazing. I think that by far this is the best show that we've had so far. And I think it's because we do have women, strong women with strong beliefs. And I want to highlight that. So instead of like, let's just go oh, talk about wrestling coming up. No, let's let's talk about something a little deeper. For my last topic, quote unquote, I kind of want to talk about promotions and women wrestlers to watch. So, you know, just, I mean, it could be the same because I, I we didn't really prepare this very well beforehand. But if it turns out that we all have the same wrestler, that's fine. Um, but I just kind of want to hear from each of you just the promotion that you think 
that the listeners should be watching and paying close attention to, and then like a specific woman wrestler. So Sierra, let's start with you. What what do you think? Oh man, when it comes to promotions, I can name off like a ton of them. Yeah. You know, because I I watch a whole bunch of them. I keep tuned to them, and I'm pretty sure there's some people that's going to be listening to this and it's like, she's going to name a Joshi promotion. I know she is. I know she is. And actually, no. Um, I want to say Women's Wrestling Revolution up in you know the Northeast. It's I don't know what it is. It's Drew Cordero. He always gets like this great group of women and it, and sometimes it'd be women you recognize on Andy's sometimes it'd be women you probably heard of but you never really seen but it's not only just the way the show is filmed it's just the atmosphere and then there's the action and everything just everything just melds together it's like it's something you have to watch to understand if you get what I'm saying like it's so good it's not so everything is super hyper and there's storyline after storyline. It's just women's wrestling is hard hitting. And it's just like what I need sometimes. I like watching promotions that have their storylines, like, you know, like your shimmer or, you know, your Joshi promotions, like that have the storylines that some storylines be going on for two or three years. And you're just like, Oh my God, they're still fighting. You know, I like that, but there's times where I want to turn on, you know, women's wrestling revolution or like a pro wrestling Eve and just see women just straight up, just fighting, you right. know, because there's an end goal there like even if there's not a championship it's just that like you want that level of drama in the ring and you're more so just pleased by that um when it comes to specific women's wrestlers just like promotions i can name a thousand and i probably still wouldn't beat them um because i have i have a million favorites i've got a million that i love to just watch for me personally um when it comes to north america there's there's so many new faces and there's so many women that's been around for like a number of years and one of my favorites like i never go wrong with is mercedes martinez (laughs) i don't know what it is with mercedes martinez like i've been following her career since like 99 like when i first like came it's the same thing with like Charlie Melissa Mischief and Daisy Hayes and Sarah Del Rey like I remember their faces like when I first seen them and Mercedes Martinez from the first time I seen her in a match I think it was like a one of like a indie show in New Jersey it was I, I don't know it was like maybe like 2001 2002 I had like the VHS tape of it it was really bad arena it was really dark gloomy I don't know who recorded it but you know that's other things but Ever since then, I just, it doesn't matter who she's with or where she's wrestling. It's, I know what to expect from her. And I've never been disappointed. I can't think of one time she's had a match where I was just like, oh, no, Mercedes. Like, I know what I'm getting. It's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be balls to the wall, like, from the time it starts all the way down to the very last second. And I just always stick with her. And there's there's plenty of other women out there, but she just really sticks out in my mind because, you know, as soon as I see her announce for a card, I'm just like, Mercedes. Yeah, I want to go watch that. So I, I can't help it. It's just maybe my own bias, you know. No, I, she's, I mean, I've interviewed, I've interviewed enough women now that that's like a constant. When you ask women, like, who are you constantly impressed with? Who do you look to 
who are you excited to fight whenever it comes around? And almost every time it's Mercedes Martinez. Mm-hmm. She's such like this amazing, like she's like this crazy veteran that, that everybody wants to fight. And it's, I mean, I agree. She's amazing. I mean, it's unreal. Like, I agree with all, all of it, all of it. And it is funny that I ask, I, I mean, I specifically wanted to ask this question with, with you two, because I know that you two have insight that I don't even have and that you follow promotions that are not maybe always in the spotlight or women that you maybe recognize the name, but it's not always in the spotlight. And so I'm, I'm really excited that I asked you guys this. Uh, Laura, what's, what's your promotion and wrestler? Uh, I'm just going to concur briefly with Sarah about Mercedes Martinez because she's amazing. She had that match with the uh, Mae Young Classic match with Mako Satamura last year. That was my match of the year. She's, yes. Oh, she's unbelievable. And, you know, I actually didn't know much about Mercedes Martinez before she appeared in Mae Young Classic the first time round, um, which I, I'm really upset about because <laughs> <laughs> discovering her was one of the best things that I ever did. And I'm just, I, I why WWE didn't sign her up? I mean, okay, then maybe she's got reasons, but. I think they've really, you know, they've really missed out on not signing her. Mm-hmm. She's that good. Um, but my promotion, um, unsurprisingly, I'm going to go with a British promotion. I'm going to go Pro Wrestling Eve. Um, they are sort of the the face of British women's wrestling, and they are consistently pulling out um, amazing events. They are consistently sold out. Uh, I think in the I think maybe the last twenty or more events have sold out. Um, and there's a reason for that, and the reason is that. They bring this kind of raw uh, punk rock energy to every every uh, every show they do, um, and you know that every time you go to a pro wrestling eve show, you're going to get not only a tremendous atmosphere because everybody there is kind of united in wanting. You know, everyone's invested in women's wrestling at pro wrestling eve show, and everybody wants to see the very best, and everybody knows what women are capable of, and that really kind of has a really special atmosphere when you're in a place that everybody everybody is is rooting for women's wrestling and pro wrestling eve know this and pro wrestling eve um not just british wrestling but uh, british women wrestlers but they bring talent from all over the world i mean recently they had um you who i believe was in stardom who has really kind of taken to the british scene and, and i think the british scene have really taken to her you know she's she's really had a good showing and but um yeah eva just uh an amazing promotion and what i love about them is uh they have a very strong sense of ethics and they have they and they uh, uh, stick with that sense of ethics you know you're not going to find them doing anything shady or anything um damaging to women's wrestling because you know their whole ethos is around we're not going to tolerate homophobia we're not going to tolerate slut shaming we're not going to tolerate fat shaming we're not going to have this in our promotion um we are about women's wrestling and we are about promoting women's wrestling and promoting you know as 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 an art form and as a sport not just as a spectacle which i think is really important um in terms of picking a wrestler i'm going to go with laura di matteo who is uh, i think she's going to be one that is going to be much more well known in the in in the coming years she's um she's mainly uh pro wrestling eve but um she's also appeared for uh, progress and she's challenged for the progress title a few times um she's italian by birth but she's sort of uh, mostly works in britain but she's um there's just something really special about laura di matteo and i think she's got she hasn't reached her ceiling yet for sure she's got a, a lot more that she's capable of but she's got this really kind of um this this really unique 
whip quick technical style you know she's very fast um she's very small but she's very crisp everything she does is crisp everything all, all of her technical moves are, are, are spot on her submissions look painful um her strikes are really really good uh, she's really really solid um and what i love about laura de Matteo is she's got this really uh believable baby face fire when laura de Matteo is kind of in peril you you kind of can't help but but chant for her and you kind of can't help but clap for her because you want her so badly to triumph um she is going to be huge i think in the coming years and i think catch her now while she's at this level because she's going to reach the sky and she's going to become something really really special i love those choices uh, mine are mine are i guess well my promotion's is probably a little more basic quote-unquote than um you guys indie choices but i mean pro wrestling eve duh you know, and I agree. Emily and Dan are fantastic. And, you know, they stay in touch with the press in such a close and loving manner. I mean, I will wake up to just like a an essay from Dan. And they are so, they are so morally on the right end of things. And they really believe in the women and their talent share program is really great. And um, I'm, I'm really lucky that we get to cover them. And that we have such a close working relationship with them because they are fantastic people and they're doing the right things. And they're, I mean, they're already really big and it's only going to get bigger for them. I personally um, just kind of want to talk about wow, I guess for a minute, um, you know, I, I knew about wow. And as you know, as a woman's wrestling fan, it's hard to not know about wow and glow. Um, but you know, now that they're on this, they're this national television channel, it's, it's easier to see them. They have more, um, you know, reach as far as uh, viewers. And it's interesting to see and hear the women wrestlers from WOW talk about the differences between WOW and then some other mainstream promotions and how, you know, there's debate that the gimmicks maybe are taken away from the athletic part of it. But then you talk to the wrestlers and they're like, you know, the the gimmicks, the characters, the superheroes, they're reflective of the person they actually are and how that then just gives them the courage to be the best wrestler they can be and how they don't want it anywhere else and how, you know, it's, I mean, look how long WOW has been in, um, in, in the industry and how long it took them to get nationally syndicated like this. It took a long time because they're doing things the right way. They're, they're not going for money they're not going underneath the table, doing things that, you know, help the promoters more than it helps the women. I mean, they're really focusing on the women and you can see it with how long some of them have been with them and, and these newcomers that they're pulling. I mean, my goodness, I know some of this is probably because they want to to bring familiar faces into to WOW now that it's on TV. But, you know, you got Kira Hogan and Jessica Havoc and, of course, Tessa Blanchard and and you have all these people now from other promotions that are getting their chance to to play a different sort of character. So I really, I really wanted to bring attention to WoW. And I know that it's it's not it's still not extremely easy to watch WoW because ac- not everybody has access. And especially I'm sure overseas, it's very, very hard to get access to it. But um it to me it's like they're doing the right things, or at least they're they're on their way. I mean, there's been some setbacks, there's been some you know, some controversy over like Jesse Jones, for instance, you know, there's been some setbacks, but I think that they're moving towards the right direction in by giving the power to the women. And I mean, hello, now we have an all women's promotion on TV. 
I mean, that alone is just huge for me. And when I talk about a single wrestler, I want to talk about WoW's Abilene Maverick, quote unquote, Barbie Hayden, because she's been around for 10 years now and she's done a lot of good stuff. And um, I think of, you know, recently I watched her, her, she had a fatal four way with um, Heidi Lovelace or Ruby Riot, if you want to call her that, um, Candice LeRae, and then Deanna Perrazzo and Queens of Combat, uh, Queens of Combat number seven. I just watched the fatal four way. And man, it is, I mean, Queens of Combat got it down for soft, but they, I mean, she's so good. She was in the first women's televised wrestling match in China with Tessa Blanchard. I mean, she's been everywhere. She's been, um, she, I think she was the youngest NWA uh, title holder. She, and she so. held it, yeah, she was, I mean, she held it forever too. And she talks about, I, I talked with her a couple of times about, how much backlash she got on that because she's blonde and, and young and, and how she, they thought she didn't deserve it and how that made her just work harder. Um, you know, shine, she's been in shine. Uh, she's been in some of the ladies night out stuff. Um, MLW versus Santana Garrett. I mean, she's been across the board and she recently has had some meetings with, I know at least AEW and then some other unnamed one that she seems to be very excited about. And, you know, it's, I, I'm not of the, the type that thinks that people who are like most successful should always get signed to WWE because I know that's not the place for everybody. And it's certainly not what is considered successful to every wrestler, but I'm happy to see that she's getting these meetings because it means that people are recognizing her finally for the talent that she is. And that, you know, it's really hard to stay in a business for 10 years. If, if you're not on TV a lot, you know, and she's been here and there um, on some until I stuff, but it's, it's gotta be hard and feel a little bit like you're not moving forward in a way. So I, I want everyone to go and Google Barbie Hayden, go out to like power slam TV or fight TV or somewhere and, and look up Barbie Hayden. Cause she's got some fantastic matches. Um, and thank you guys for being on this show. I'm going to wrap it up. I getting a little bit longer, but that's okay because I had a feeling that you guys were going to make this the best show it's been. And I was so right. I was telling uh, Warren before that uh, I was nervous because, you know, you both are incredibly great women's writers and you know your stuff. And I'm like, am I going to totally drop the ball and be the weakest link on my own podcast? And um, you guys are phenomenal. And thank you so much for agreeing to come. I really should do all women's a lot more. Warren might just have been demoted. We'll see. Um, I want to thank Warren first off for being our production. Uh, he's behind scenes doing all the audio stuff because I can't. I'm terrible at it. Um, then let's go ahead and do some some plugs. Laura, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter uh, at Laura N. Mauro, uh, and you can find me writing for Debida and for Daily DBT. All right, and Sierra, what where where can everybody find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at C-I-A-R-A 92189. And if you want to read any of my past articles, you can look them up on Pro Wrestling Ponderings or Square Circle Sirens. And I will go on record and say Sierra needs to start writing a lot more. And I'm <laughs> tired. <laughs> Sierra has her reasons, but I love her writing and I hope that she resurfaces one day because she's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can find me uh, at Kristen Ashley. It's just my name. Uh, you can 
find me. I got a YouTube channel now. There's only two videos up, but I'm still working in progress with some honest reactions videos where I watch women's wrestling and, uh, you know, react to them as they happen. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to Fightful Select if you haven't already. Uh, $5 a month, you get all kinds of cool stuff. Our, our podcast is free because women's wrestling should be shared with everybody. But uh, there's some scoops that Sean will send out. There's, you know, Warren's got some recaps uh, that he does and, and review. Uh, they review retro pay-per-views. So go ahead and, and subscribe if you haven't. There's merch, all kinds of stuff you can get. Uh, please, please, please visit Diva Dirt for, uh, you know, women's wrestling news. Uh, we have some spotlight pieces on WoW wrestlers coming up. I just did an interview with Britt Baker. Uh, so, so please go visit that. Uh, future episode, I'm not sure what's going on. We never really know until about three days beforehand. And it all depends on if Sean allows me to keep this job. So we'll, we'll see how that, how that works out. But I definitely want to keep more women on this show because this is the best show that we've had. And I thank you both. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.